Please be seated. Grace to you in peace from God our Creator and our Savior Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to be with you. I give thanks to Dixon for asking me and to Sarah for organizing such a wonderful program yesterday. And I thank all of you for your faithfulness, for all that you do for our Lord and this part of God's vineyard. Seems to me that in times of trouble, times of fear, in times where things are all messed in a rumble, when we get in those places, sometimes it seems as if God is distant from us. And we want to hold on to something that is solid, something we can just reach out in the middle of the night and hold on to. But it seems as if lately the world is shaking, the hurricanes are coming, the fires are raging, and even more do we want to get something that's solid. But here's the thing. At some point, there's a time to let go. There's a time for everything, but at some point, there's a time to let go. Because if we don't, then we get all mixed up. And we think that the thing we're holding on to is the thing that is saving us. And we forget that it is God that is always saving us. And we forget that our little sense of the way the world works probably isn't going to be correct. Because God is a God of surprises. And so in all of our lives, there's a time where we're just called to let go. We're called to surrender. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And then we wait to hear God's response. If we don't, then what happens is we will find an idol to embrace. We will hold on to something that is less than God. So, today we read the story of the Israelites and the golden calf, except our lectionary doesn't quite get us the whole story. In clear Episcopal fashion, we stop when everything seems like it's just fine. So, Moses is on the mountain with God, and apparently when you're with God, you lose track of time. So Moses and God talk, and they talk, and they talk. They talk so long that the Israelites think, Moses is never coming back to us. And they say, we can't deal with life the way it is. We need something we can hold on to. And so they make a golden calf into an idol. They take all their jewelry, take something solid, and then they have this thing, they feel so much better. Look, here we have something that will remind us that we're, everything's okay. God is not real happy with this. And God decides the only way to re remedy this is to get rid of them, to annihilate them. But thank God, thank us, Moses intervenes. And we have one of the most important verses, I think, in the Bible. The Lord changed the Lord's mind. The Lord changed the Lord's mind. God is not a static thing. God is a, dyna a dynamic, a dynamic part, a dynamic divine. So it means that God is not just some sort of up there in the space divine clockmaker, 
And God is not some Star Wars force that just merely shows up every now and then and says, peace be with you. God is involved in our daily life. And God is concerned when we forget who we are, when we forget why we're here, when we forget what we are called to do. So we're invited to have an ongoing, life-going conversation with the holy, a relationship with the divine that is interactive. We talk to God and we listen for God to talk to us, although it's usually in surprising ways. Because the truth is, if God is just some sort of, I don't know, divine principle or flowing energy thing, I'm done. I'm not interested in that. For me, I want a God that is present. I want to be able to be connected to the Almighty. For me, I want a God that recognizes that I am not all the way through the journey. I'm on the path, but I'm not all the way through. And therefore, to, to come to me and tell me, Porter, this is where you got lost. This is what you need to do. But don't worry, I still love you. That's what I want. You know, I've preached on this before. That's how old I am. But those sermons were sweet. They're a lot sweeter than this is going to be. But the thing is, they really didn't get to the heart of the matter. They're just sort of typical Episcopalian, you know, well, say your prayers, it'll all be fine. Because the truth is, we're just like those folks. We all mess up. We all mess up. And the question is, how can we grow? The question is, instead of waiting for God to come fix everything, what is our part of that? What are we supposed to do as we stay faithful? And so what we're not supposed to do is to turn something into an idol. Because if we do that, then we live in a static world. There's no room for mercy. There's no room for repentance. There's no room for a relationship. It's just a thing in front of us. So in this in this uh, reading, the good news is that God changes God's mind. That means that we live in an animated universe. That lives that we can have a conversation and a conversion. That means that we have a connection to the holy. But if God changes God's mind, then we need to take that as an example. We're made in the image of God and we need to change our minds. We need to say, it's not enough just to say I'm lost, but what are we doing about it to get found? What are we doing about it to be honest that this is where we are, not where we ought to be, not where God wants us to be? And what's the first step we can take? One of the translations for the word repentance is to go beyond the mind you have. To go beyond the mind you have. To recognize maybe the problem is not with the world. Maybe the problem is that I am nearsighted. That I cannot see enough. I cannot feel enough. I cannot pray enough. I cannot think enough. And maybe I need to widen my scope 
so that I will be available to witness the grace that God is going to show. We just get caught in a one-way thinking. We got in a one-way issue in the world, a one-way of living. It can be about our politics. It can be about our, our hobbies. It can be about our economic thing. It can be about anything. It can be about me. I think if I just buy one more book, I'm going to be smart. It hasn't worked for 73 years. Because the point is, anything can become your golden calf. Yes, we need to hold on to something when the world is rocking, but we need to recognize it's just a thing. It's not the source. Idolatry is a sin because we try to replace God. And it's a sin because it means we've made our souls way too small. We've made the relationship we have in God way too narrow. Part of us has to open up and let go of whatever binds us so that we can be reconnected to the source of God and see what God has in mind. I want to talk about this because you may not have noticed, but we've been in COVID world for a long time. A long time. And I think it's changed the way we think, the changed the way we feel, and maybe changed the way we have faith. God wants us to be with God regardless of the external circumstances. I mean, it's not like we walked in the desert for 40 years, right? Let's try that again, right? I can tell you're Episcopalians. We have this back and forth going, right? So what happens is we get lost, we forget who we are, and we, we get our own little version of an idol. What I do is I go to the bookstore and buy another book. Maybe I'll be smart enough if I buy this book, right? But we need to recognize that's what it means to be human. It's what we need to be to get through the moment, but it's what we also need to let go to be reconnected to the source, to open our hearts. This is what Moses says to the people when they feel lost. I have set before you life and death. Choose life. That's what happens to us over and over and over again. I have set before you life and death. Choose life. And I think about this and I think when we choose death, we choose an idol. We choose something smaller than God. We choose something that works in the moment, but not in the, in the long history. And it's why we stay stuck in the wilderness. And that's why we are just stuck. We can't go forward. We can't go backwards. We can't go back to Egypt. We can't seem to get to the promised land. And it's because we have attached ourselves to some form of idol for us. And we need to move our hearts to have a wider, deeper view of the world, of God, and of our faith. Here's the only part of this sermon you're going to remember, but it's really good. Not because it's me, because it happened. That's why it's good. Nettie Rivera, a dear friend of mine, 
She was the third bishop of the Episcopal Diocese. Um, she was the bishop of, let me start all over. Nettie Rivera is a friend of mine. Her father was the third bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of San Joaquin, which is way up, upper north in California. Very conservative man and was opposed to the ordination of women. And so he would not ordain any woman to the priesthood in the diocese so long as he was the bishop. His daughter, however, got ordained a deacon and she was to be ordained a priest in 1996 and Victor Rivera did not go to her deacon ordination and did not go to her priest ordination because he didn't believe in the ordination of women. And the whole time she was a priest, he never saw her celebrate at the altar. God has a wonderful sense of humor. In 2004, Nettie Rivera was elected to be the suffragan bishop in Seattle. She did not know on the day of her consecration of her ordination to the Episcopacy, she did not know if her father would actually show up. He had not called her, he had not written her, he had not corresponded with her. If you've been to an ordination, uh, consecration of a bishop, you know that at some point the bishop-to-be comes and kneels and all the other bishops come and lay their hands on the person. And we ask the Holy Spirit to come down. So, Nettie did not see her father. She came up, she knelt, all the bishops came around her. And there was that moment where the earth stood still. Her father showed up in the back of the church, no vestments, coat and tie, and walked up and put his hand on his daughter's head. After the service, Nettie went to her father and she said, what changed your mind? And he said, I didn't change my mind. God changed my heart. I didn't change my mind. God changed my heart. Yes, we end up worshiping some kind of idol sooner or later. But what happened is, if we are faithful, then God speaks to us. And God might not change our mind, but God will change our heart. And changing our heart will get us to move towards the place that we are called to be, to be who we are, and to be an instrument of grace and love in the world. And the truth is, we all get lost. We are all going to find ourselves where we don't want to be stuck in the wilderness. And it's tempting to make something that is not God the thing that we worship. But in the middle of that, our job is to remember who we are and most of all, to remember who God is. 
and to remember that God's love is beyond our capacity to grasp. But God is always beckoning us to come home. God is always beckoning us to be the person I created you to be. And God is always beckoning us to be the instrument of grace in the world. So, my brothers and sisters, when you get lost, listen for God and dare to hear that whisper that tells you this is the time for you to come home. Amen.